Nefesh Hachayim, you're holding in Shahar Beis. The end of Perikud Gimel. And he's told us great things about the way a person is meant to think during davening and the kavanas they're meant to have and how it's Hashem Shemayim and how it's Mataka and Neshkhila. But now it's coming back to the practical thing, which maybe is something more direct and immediate for us to work on. And that is, how does a person have kavanah? Where the nature of a person is that he doesn't necessarily pay attention or focus on what he's saying. And the result is the person davens and he doesn't think of what he's davening. It's a famous Gemara even. This is not a new problem. The Gemara he says about one of them, Arayim, that he says he's machsik He is grateful to his head. Because when he gets to Moedim, his head knows to bend an autopilot. And otherwise, he's obviously he was saying is he wasn't paying attention to what he was saying. And he wouldn't have read out he had gotten to Moedim unless he had trained himself, so to speak, uh, instinctively, that when he said the words, to bend his head. And therefore, the idea that it's difficult for people to be able to have kavani in davening and not just say the words. I want to add maybe just one little point of explanation to that. And that is, a person's brain is constructed in such a way that something that he doesn't know or he has to pay attention to, so the brain is focused on. Something that the brain has already developed or learned the system and knows how to do, so then it gets done in an autopilot mode. A person doesn't focus on something which he already knows how to do well or is done often. The reason for that, I assume, is because otherwise a person would spend his whole day focusing on how to breathe and how to stand and get his balance and how to walk. And a little child who has never stood before, so yes, the first time they're standing it takes concerted concentration. They have to focus on what they do. They have to teach themselves how to think, how to stand in a way which they can keep their balance. They want to walk, so they have to think carefully how to transfer their weight into one leg so they can pick up the other one without falling over. Same thing a person wants to learn how to ride a bike or drive a motor car or operate any other piece of machinery. The first time when a person has to think how to do it and has to pay attention to what he's doing because it's not yet something which he's used to, so he's focused on it. He's paying attention. But the more something becomes natural to a person and the more that they do it and they don't need their brain to be focused on it, so the more they do it in autopilot mode. And their brain doesn't focus on it because we can do it, so to speak, without focusing. And therefore we all stand and walk and drive cars or ride bikes, whatever it's going to be, without even paying attention to it. It becomes us naturally. Because it's something we've taught our brains to do, and when something the brain knows to do well, it naturally reverts to its autopilot state. Which is good. It frees up our man to think about new things. But where it's a problem is when it comes to davening. Because since a person davens three times a day, and it could be the first time, the second time, or even the first few times that he had to daven, and the words of Shemona Eshre were unfamiliar, and therefore he had to focus on what he was saying and think about it, he did. But the more a person davens, and therefore the more the words become well known to him, and it's something that he can do without thinking, in autopilot mode, so the more it's going to happen that a person naturally reverts to autopilot mode. And therefore, just to start the words of Shemona Eshre, and his brain, Ke'ilu, thinks, I know this well. And therefore, it will keep going without having to, needing to focus on it. And therefore, people don't focus, they lose concentration. And the words get said, just like the way a person walks or keeps his balance without his mind thinking about it. I've always said 
that one of the reasons why people have more kavana when they dive on the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur and through the year, I mean, for sure, it's also the Yom Adin, which provides the backdrop that people are more uh, focused on Abed Hashem. But there's a much more practical reason, and that is people don't know the words of Fahat. And if that's the case, a person can't say the Rosh Hashanah Shemun Esrei in Orkipar. He doesn't know it. And therefore, the very fact that he has to look in the Siddur to read the words, which he doesn't know what to say otherwise, he's making his brain focus on it. It's like doing something he doesn't know to do on autovirus, and therefore it forces him to think or look and pay attention to what he's doing. So that's maybe a little, my added explanation to explain the background why it's so difficult. But nevertheless, the difficulty remains. We're not meant to be davening in autopilot mode. We're meant to be focusing on our tefillah. And how are we meant to do that? So that's the point that the Nefesh Achai talks about that we're going to discuss. And he first, so to speak, justifies the difficulty people have with this. And he brings the Gemara. Again, in the end of Perakul Gimel, he says, Chazal said that we could poiter, we could take away everybody's obligation to daven. There's a puzzle which says the Kharas will be drunk, even though it's not from wine. Now, if a person is drunk, he can't daven. He's not in full control of his mind, and in that situation, he's not even meant to daven, because we say that it's not appropriate for someone in that circumstance to stand in front of Hashem and speak to him. And now, if there would be a situation where other intimates in a person's life had disturbed his concentration and taken away his ability to relate to Hashem so much that it's as if he was drunk, so that the Gemara says it's like shkuras He's drunk even if it's not from wine, and in that situation of inclarity or the tempestuousness of what's going on in a person's life, which prevents him being able to focus, says the Gemara, a person could put for an argument that he was part of from davening. He wasn't able to get the focus or the menuchas and nefesh which was needed in order to focus on what he's saying. And says nefesh achaim, if that was true for the Gemara, then man noemer ata b'deres adalu. What should we say now today? Every person is like he's holding on to the top of a rope and being tossed about in the sea. Which means a situation of turbulence where a person isn't able to get the calmness and the clarity to focus on what he's saying. And that's what I mean, a person's whole life. Why? They all you get As we know, Christ struggled greatly in trying to make a parnasa, and therefore it precluded them from being able to focus on the tefillah. But as this and Ishsam Alev, the finest neighbor Machshavta, people don't pay attention to clear their minds and their thoughts. From all the tirdas, from all the distractions and the confusion which is taking place in his mind from what a person is experiencing here, in what he has to deal with on a physical level, and therefore he isn't able he isn't able to prepare himself to towards how he's meant to approach Hashem in Dabin. So even though there would be a justification or an excuse we could offer, so to speak, of why our tefillahs are without feel, thought, without feeling, but that's not the lechatchila. That's not what we want to be. Im Everybody, as much as he's able to understand and and grasp the yisoid of tefillah, is the person is to find 
solutions. To make plans, a skill of fight which is a mitzvah. He's going to fight to do a mitzvah of davening properly. And that is that he to save himself from his, all his thoughts which aren't tahor. That way his mind will settle to focus on the avoider which he's doing which is tefillah. And why this is important is that Today, our davening stands in place of korbanis. The way we serve Hashem is not by bringing korbanis we don't have a base of for that. The way we serve Hashem is by standing in front of the davening. And if that's the case, just like the korbanis didn't just depend on the animal that was brought and the avoda which was done, how much the korban was kosher or possible, and even how much the korban was accepted depended on the thoughts of the coin who brought it. Thinking the wrong thought would bring a carbon because it rendered the carbon possible. And if he had the right thought, then he, the carbon would be something which would become a double kadosh and would be accepted favorably by Hashem. And therefore it wasn't just the action, it wasn't just the animal, it was the thoughts of the coin who brought it. Says in if our tefillah stands in place of korbanis, then it's not just where we're davening or which tzibur we're part of or what words we're saying. It's the machshavas the person's having during davening which is going to determine how much the tefillah is going to be accepted or chas rejected. That's the importance of having korban in davening. But we have the question, how's the person meant to do that? And that's what the Nefesh Chaim is going to address in the next, in the next uh, parak, Parak Gimel. How is a person meant to focus on his davening? Now, before I tell you the Nefesh Chaim's uh, answer, I want to show you some, something which the Rambam says and the Ben Yenu says, as, both as a halacha, but also as, as something which will help a person uh, sharpen his perception and direct his attention on what he's saying. And they both come from the Gemara, it's really a mission in the beginning of the fifth parrot of Brachos, where it says that Hasidim are Yishonim, how Yishonim Shoachas Mispazim. The early Hasidim used to wait an hour before they began to daven. And what was the point of waiting an hour before they began to daven? So, Rabbi Yoni explains, and the Ramah Paschal this as well, and that is that if a person comes and begins davening while he's busy thinking about other things, he was in the middle of his business, he was in the middle of a sugya, he was in the middle of a conversation, and then he gets up and starts to daven. So maybe he started saying the words of Tvila, but his mind is still processing, and his mind is still focused on what he was doing beforehand. And if that's the case, he may be saying words of Shmonesrei, but his mind is still holding in the deal he was discussing, or in the conversation he had just had, or in the Gemara he was just learning. And we may that he's not going to be able to direct it so easily on the words he's saying now of davening. And therefore the answer is that a person should give himself time to detach his thoughts from what he was doing previously. And then while his, now his mind is no longer thinking about what had happened beforehand, now his mind is clear, so to speak. Now if he starts to daven, it can be with the hope that his thoughts will follow what he's saying and he'll be thinking about it too. And therefore the importance is to be shy, to wait before a person starts davening. To wait before a person starts davening doesn't mean to use the time to daven. To wait doesn't mean to use time to put an entire sentence That's not giving oneself time to, so to speak, 
get some kind of closure when he's thinking beforehand and now move his focus onto something new, onto davening. And therefore the idea of being shomish ha'achas is to wait quietly and prepare oneself mentally for the avoid of davening. The mashkichim used to say that this is the best etzer for a person to work on, to work, to d- develop their thought, the kavana, or focusing their thoughts during tefillah. It doesn't have to be a shayachas, so it could be a few minutes. But then a person comes to shul ahead of time. And he doesn't do anything. He waits and prepares himself to daven. This is really a gemara. The Gemara says that A person can only daven from a halacha psukha, which means a clear halacha. If a person's in the middle of a sugya and it's not clear to him, he starts to daven, his mind will still be analyzing the Gemaras and the Rayas and the questions and it will stop him being able to think about davening. If a person's reached a maskana and now his mind's at ease, he's come to a clarity, that's when he can daven. This is halacha. Halakha says in the Gemara in Shabbos that Dayanim can't start the Din Torah before the Daven Mencha. And the question is, why not? A Din Torah doesn't necessarily take the whole afternoon. So why can't they first pass in the, the case and after the Daven Mencha? And the Gemara says, because we started Din Torah and there's questions and there's answers and there's proofs and there's disproofs and there's It's going to, so to speak, continue and it's going to stop a person being able to think about Davening because it's going to be all involved or focused on the din Torah at hand. There's a famous tshuva from which brings out this point. At the back of the Sefer Avnum Iloyim, they printed a number of the tshuvas the Ketosachoshin wrote to other Abonim One of these tshuvas was another Rav who wrote to the Ktos. And this other Rav asks the Ktos that he wanted to be matter in Aguna, a lady who he didn't know the whereabouts of her husband, and therefore halakhically she stuck to not able to remarry. And therefore Rabbanim always used to try and gather whatever kernels, whatever crumbs of testimony we had, or the information we had, to try and be able to determine halakhically what's the status of the lady, and if we have enough basis to say that her husband's died and allowed to remarry. But we're dealing with a very serious avera if we're wrong. We're allowing an ish. And therefore, in Klai Yisrael, even though there were those Rabbanim who felt confident enough to issue rulings to be matter, a goodness to remarry, very often they would send it to a second drop for, so to speak, a haskama, that it wasn't on their own, that there would be a second drop as well who agreed that there was sufficient halachic grounds for such a hat. So that's what happened over here. There was another Rav who was a Chiva, wrote to Chiva to be matter in Laguna, and he sends it to the Ketos to ask the Ketos to, to second him on it, so to speak, to agree with him, and allow this lady to remarry. What's interesting to us is the date of the letter. He writes it on Hay Teshe, which means the fifth of Teshe during the Sarasim Chiva. And he writes to the Ketos that he knows that the time of Sarasim Chiva isn't the easiest time to throw oneself into a Sugya of complexity like being matter in Aguna. But nevertheless, being as the lady is waiting, and it's a tremendous schus to be matter in Aguna, and therefore, I'm um, sure the Ktos will, will deal with it because who wouldn't want such a big schus before Yom Kippur, before the Yamadin? That's the chiva which was sent to the Ktos HaKoshin. Then afterwards, we have the response of the Ktos 
to disrupt. Once again, what's interesting is the date that he writes his answer. And the date is Yud which is Erev Sukkot. And he writes and he explains that he's writing an Erev Sukkot. And he's writing briefly because Erev Sukkot is an extremely busy day. And there isn't that amount of free time. Look, one's preparing Sukkot and organizing Avaminim and getting ready for Yamta. So there isn't that much time to write a lengthy chapter. So the Ktoris is writing an Arab circus and then and if he's writing a brief trevor to respond to this rock. Now the obvious question is that the letter was sent to him uh, 10 days nearly beforehand. Why did he only respond now in Arab circus? So the Ktoris addresses that and he says, even though I received the letter during a Sarasimei trevor, the reason I didn't answer it then, he writes, is because in order to get into the sugi of an Aguna, a person has to be completely focused on the Londus and the Sugiya and the Halachas and all the implications. And he said, the Gemara already said that for a person to daven, he can't unless it's unless he's not involved in the middle of a Sugiya. And therefore, as important as it is to matter in Aguna, but he felt getting involved in the Sugiya would take away from his focus on Tefillah in the Yom And therefore, the Torah said, he felt it was more important in a Sarasimei to daven and have kavod in his davening, even if it meant that the, having to write the chuvah for the aguna would have to wait till after the kippah. But now that it's after the kippah, now he didn't waste time, and even though it wasn't such an easy time either, Arab circus is also a busy day. But nevertheless, that was the time he used in order to be material. What we learned from it is the first part, and that is that a person is, will find it very hard to focus on davening when his mind is busy working with something else. And therefore, like we said previously, the Eitzah, which the Rambam and the Ben Yenubah give us, of how to help a person direct his thoughts on davening, is first make sure to clear your mind whatever else you're thinking about. And that way, when he davens, his thoughts can follow what he's davening and aren't still focused on what he was doing beforehand. But like I said, that's their answer. The Ben Yenubah says, the, uh, the Nevesh Chaim says different. So let's see what the Nevesh Chaim says. He says, By Eitzah Yehudzah as we know, the Beis Yosef had a Malach who used to come and give him Musa or give him advice. He called him a Magid. And he wrote a Sefer, a diary of the dates when this Malach appeared to him and what he told him. And what he says at the beginning is, A person should be careful not to think during davening about anything else besides the davening. Not even about Torah, not even about doing mitzvahs. Right now he's davening, and even thoughts of a spiritual nature are going to distract him from his davening. And then the Maggid adds, Just the person should be thinking about the words of davening. And the Nefesh Chaim comes to explain what he meant. What you can see from his words, he didn't say the person should have kavana on the meaning of the words. Now, what does the word kavana mean? We say a person should have kavana. What does the word kavana mean? How are we translating? So the accurate translation of the word kavana is the word mechuvan, which means directed. Like a kivun is a direction. So the idea is when we are davening, we meant to be directing our words. And therefore what a person's kavana is, is the direction of the words he's saying. So how does one mechab in their words? You see, that's not what the, that's not what the 
Malach told the Beis Yosef to do. Why? If you want to talk about the depth of the kavana, of the, the intention of the words of Tvila, where it reaches, where we meant to, so to speak, focus on the words getting to, we don't even know the depth of where, or the greatness of where the words of Vidavni are meant to reach. Even the little bit that we know about from the Rishonim who explained to us what our Tfilah, so to speak, does in Shemayim. And Balachan Rava Kodesh Ishalakim Nera Harizal. And also with the Rizal and the whole Sefer Shara Kavonos, who tells us what the words we say, where they reach, and what effect they have in Shemayim. With all of that, and in Ashahikli Higdilatis Kavonos Liflaim, he tells us tremendous insights into what's being achieved, or what's being caused through the words that we say in Davani. With all of that, Ainam Be'erech Afkatifam in the young. That's nothing compared to the amount of the Anshak Nesla the ones who wrote the, the Nusach of the Tfilah, had in mind. They understood much, much more than what each word of Tfilah is accomplishing than what we were taught by the Rishonim or by the Rizal. Among them were Nabi. And you can't compare it to the understanding that a Nabi has of Shemayim. And therefore, the words of Tfilah, we understand that they're going up to Shemayim, and we understand that they have a tremendous effect in Shemayim. We can't even begin to imagine how much of an effect it is. It's always been brought down that the first sefer we have after the Tanakh is the, is the Siddur. And therefore, it says that Shemayim, we if to have kavana of what the spiritual effect of the words we say is beyond us. Even the great Rishonim, even the Mukabalim, couldn't understand the greatness of where our words of Tfilah are reaching. And therefore we can't have Kavana, we can't direct them there because, like we said, we don't know where that is. And I explain a little bit of the Oymek, of the greatness put into Tfilah by the Anshakhesis Gedalim. And he says, V'chol Everyone knows, understands, he understands, that Isi Anashayabashta, there's no human being in the world, who could create something as unbelievable as the Shemal Yisra because it has to be to incorporate and to somehow hide in the Nusach in the text we have of a steady Tfilah which we say three times every single day and in that is the in that is the the way which the, all the worlds, all every spiritual level, reaches its perfection, whether it's the Yonim, the higher levels, the lower levels, the Siddur, Pirakei, Merkov, ascending, it affects the way Hashem runs the world. And the reason why that's important is because of Shebuchol Pam, Shem Ispanalim, Yugram, Tikkunim, Chadoshim, Basidah, Hailamas, Fakoyachis. Vamshachas, Merkin, Chadoshim, Acherim. Every time, change in time, is a change in the way Hashem runs the world. And this is an important principle for us to think about. And that is that when Hashem runs the world, there isn't a steady Hanhaka. It's like in a frozen pattern that Hashem is always running the world the same way. No. There are different kaifas and there are different midas and there are different times, there are different ways Hashem runs the world. We talk about midas, or so to speak, methods or modes of operation. There are different ways Hashem runs the world. And at different times, Hashem chooses different ways to run the world. Sometimes He's running the world more with chesed, sometimes He's running the world more as a king, with mishpat, 
sometimes more with rachamim and many many other mitzvahs. And these things aren't fixed; they keep changing. They keep changing. It depends on the time of the day. It depends on the day of the week. It depends on the month of the year. It depends on which year we're in. There's a constantly changing system of which kaychos are being used in running the world. And just as an example, for the based on the time is going to change the way Hashem runs the world. We see in the Sefer So, for example. Most of the year, we refer to Hashem as Hakel HaKadosh, the holy Kel, the source of power. When we come to the Teres Mechavah, we say HaMelech HaKadosh, because now when Hashem is judging us, He's acting in the capacity of a king. And what you also see from that is that, therefore, if we want to address Hashem correctly, we need to address Hashem in the way that He's acting right now. If he's acting like a father, we have to dress him like a father. If he's acting like a king, we have to dress him like a king. And therefore, just as an example, if a person would say HaMelech HaKadosh, or he's going to say HaKel HaKadosh, he's not Yotze. If he's HaKel HaKadosh, he's going to say HaMelech HaKadosh, he's not Yotze. Not because it's not true, but because it's not the right way to address Hashem now. That's not the way he's acting. And if that's the case, if we understand this system, then what really would come out of that is that we would always need to change the way we're speaking to Hashem because it would always have to match the way Hashem is dealing with us right now. And therefore, every single tefillah would have to have a different nusach of how to approach Hashem because every single, every single tefillah, we're approaching Hashem who's acting in a different sense. And it doesn't repeat. It doesn't repeat. So, for example, the morning, even if it's all the same day, but the morning is one way of acting in the world. Hashem's acting with chesed. And after the living, Hashem is acting with Gvur. And at night time, Hashem is acting with Mishma. And after Chatzot, Hashem is acting with Racham. And the Tfilis were nitkant on the different, so to speak, factions or facets of the time because we have a different Tfilis for each middle. But, the same thing, every day is a different middle. So the Shachas of Sunday and the Shachas of Monday aren't repetitive. The one is the Chesed of the middle of Sunday. And the other is the Chesed of the middle of Monday. And the ones in the middle of Tuesday. And same thing, the weeks aren't repetitive. It changes as well. And because of that, there's never two tefillahs which are exactly the same. There's never two tefillahs which are exactly the same, which means that the way that we have to relate to Hashem in each tefillah is also going to be different. For the same reason. Now, with that background, with that understanding, so then where in the tefillah do we keep changing in every single tefillah the way we approach Hashem? And that's what the Nevesh Chaim says over here. As we, begin, we begin to understand a little bit of the greatness of the Nusach tefillah that the Anshagin Sagadola gave us. And that is within the same words, more or less, which we repeat the whole time. It has within it the, the correct Nusach, so to speak, the correct way of addressing Hashem which is right for that time. We don't begin to understand this. We don't begin to understand how for thousands of years the same Nusach can incorporate every single variable and every single combination of the middles that there are and how it's the appropriate one for that time. If we would, then we'd have to look up in that. If we would understand how the system worked, then we'd have to direct what we're saying what's correct for right now. But like we said, it's we don't understand that. And therefore, at least we know that the Nusach that the Anshak Prince Magdala, through Nevoah, came to, 
gave us a nusach, which is appropriate for every time, and therefore we can say the tefillah and know that whatever spiritual effect it's meant to have, it's having. It's having. Just to give you an example of this. We understand time moves as well. And uh, the physical time also, there's ne- things never repeat. It's always a different month, a different year, a different day. So if we just change how we talk about time and you convert it into spiritual Kabbalah notation, as the Rashash does by Rikos Godel in the Siddhanai Shalom. So if we're standing now on Shabbos afternoon, for example, and the Shabbos is uh, the beginning of year, in the year Tov Shin Pei Beis. So we, if we have to give the Koychas at work right now on the Mincha which we're about to daven, so firstly, out of the principle of the day, Mincha is the Chalik HaGvara. So it's the Chalik HaGvara of Shabbos, which out of the days of the week is the Malchus of the week, so it's the Gvura of Malchus, and it happens to be the first week of the month, so therefore it's the Gvura of the Malchus of the Chesed of Iyar. Iyar is the second month of the summer months, so we're going to call it so far. The Tfiru Yabata David is the Gvura of the Malchus of the Chesed of the Gvura of the, of the, of the Zah, and now we have to talk about the Iyar. So the Atavshin Pei Beis, so we work backwards from the, from the units first, so Beis, it's the Gvura of the pay, which is the height of the 700 years, Tavshin, is the Netzach of the 6,000 year, which is the Yisai. You put it all together, that gives us the individual mix of Kaifas, which is in this Mincha. And it's never going to be repeated, because tomorrow's Mincha is a different day, it's a different week, and it's a different mantle, it's a different year, whatever it's going to be. And therefore, each Tefillah has its own combination of spiritual Kaifas. Kavana would be to direct us specifically to that place if we would know how to do it. And he says, that's why the Gemara also says that if a tefillah is lost, it can never be replaced. Because the specific combination of kairos that there was then will never come again. And therefore he says, There'll never be a tefillah which is exactly the same as another tefillah. In quotes the the midas which Hashem runs the world with in the morning, he's not using it at night, or the lavish paramsha, lavish pesafra, what he uses at night, he doesn't use afterwards. And that's what Chazal says. Something which is left out, which can never be corrected, is a person who leaves that shmonesha because. Because that Shemun Esrei and the specific job that Shemun Esrei came to do can't be replaced. How would a person be able to construct the Nusach HaTfilah which is appropriate for every single combination, for every single permutation of the purpose? Says Nefesh HaChayim, We'll build the Efshah in the Nebuah Only through Nebuah could people come to such an understanding. And Ruach Kodesh HaTfilah and Hoifah HaTfilah and Hoifah HaTfilah and Hoifah HaTfilah and Hoifah HaTfilah and Some will inspire from Befim and Hoifah HaTfilah. It had to be a Kodeshkofu through Ruch HaKadosh, through Nevoah, gave them the words to use because HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows what words will always be appropriate and under the influence of Nevoah, they were able to write this. And therefore, Gnudus Pesachim Karatikon. Within these words is the Tikkun which is needed for every possible time. And that's a part of the reason of why the Nusach of Chazal gave us is so much more effective than what we would be able to say on our own. And that is, we might be able to express ourselves on our own, but we definitely wouldn't know how to so to speak, address HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is what we're saying, based on the middle which is running the world right now. 
and therefore it is thus. For a person to focus his avodah and tefillah on kavana, which means directing the tefillah to where it's meant to go, only a person who will be able to bestow the Hashem would know that this level of kabbalah, to know exactly where the middle is right now and where how to address his tefillah to reach that, would be able to think in that direction. And therefore, the conclusion he comes to is therefore it must be that when a person is thinking in davening, it has to be thinking about something else. Not the kavana, not the way that Peter is reaching in Shemayim, because that's something we want to know about, but there has to be a different explanation of what a person is going to be thinking about during davening, and that's what he's meant to be focusing on during davening. That's what the Shem will see next time when the Nebuchadnezzar explains.